Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Okay, so we're going to do a mic check, and for our mic check session, we're doing this or that. So I'll give you two options. Just pick one. It's a, about a list of 10, so pick one. Awesome. So, burger or pizza? Pizza. Music or poetry? Poetry. <laughs> Nighttime or daytime? Nighttime. Okay. BMW or Mercedes? Mercedes. Board games or card games? Card games. <laughs> Toilet paper goes over or under? Over. <laughs> Tacos or wings? <laughs> mm, equal. No way. You got to pick one. No equal. <laughs> wings. 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 Okay. Calls or texts? Text. Lotion or perfume? Cologne. Okay. Scary movie or funny movie? Scary movie. Okay, that's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is it for our mic check. He kind of hesitated with the tacos and the wings. Uh, I can live with both of them. <laughs> okay. Hello, Journey with Mpo friends and family. I am so excited to be returning to the mic, the studio, and you. It has been a long but restful break. In the studio with us today is Anthony Harris. If you have been a member of our family ever since the beginning, then you will remember Anthony from season one, episode 27, titled A Letter to the Black Man. It has been over a year since we last spoke to Anthony, so naturally, there's so much to catch up on. Good evening, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. We also have a tiny human in the studio with us today, so (laughs) bear with us. Glad to have with us. (laughs) So it's been over a year since we last sat and spoke over the mic. When we last connected, you were still writing and performing poetry. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, Mm -hmm. I've left Hawaii now, out in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. Missouri now, so I'm doing great. Okay, okay. And a month after we created the episode, A Letter to the Black Man, the pandemic seized the world. What was your initial experience of the pandemic? Uh, It was tough, you know. Uh, For me, it was tough for a lot of different reasons. Mainly, I was in Hawaii and couldn't get out to my kids. Mm, Uh, Obviously, they were in Texas at the time, which they still are. Mm -hmm. Um, That made it pretty difficult. Uh, Work, obviously 
it just, the pandemic just transformed how we did everything. So um, some people were going into work, some people weren't, you know, telework was a big thing. I think uh, Zoom became a huge, huge thing for a lot of people, uh, kind of made our job a little bit more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Socially, it was, it was hard too, you know, for somebody like me at that time, especially uh, we were really big into the poetry scene, trying to get out and do a lot of spoken word and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just shut everything down until obviously people started doing, you know, online um, poetry mm-hmm. and things of that nature, but still not the same. It's just different not to have that social interaction with people um, in person. Mm-hmm. And so how is your experience now? I know now you're speaking about it not being the same, but you jumped into music. You made a lot of music during that time. I did. Actually, I made a lot more music after the fact. Um, I think during that time, though, it enabled me to get into another another lane of artistry, um, which okay. ended up being music uh, in, the, in that aspect. I was still mm-hmm. writing poetry, as I still do, um, mm-hmm. but not being able to get out and perform a lot of it. Uh, which I was accustomed to at that time frame, uh, mm-hmm. made me want to go explore something different. Uh, you know, my roommate at the time, he also did some music too, which kind of helped that process along. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just kind of grew to grew to love it, you know. And, you know, music is kind of like poetry with a beat behind it, if you will. So oh, yes. it just gave me a different avenue, gave me, gave me a different uh, lane to kind of express myself and get it out to the masses as well too. Easier than poetry. (laughs) Probably easier than poetry. And based off your interactions on social media, I know that your music was well received. Now, let me ask this. When you started making music, did you ever think you were going to quickly jump into music videos too, or did it kind of all happen together? Yeah, it was awkward. Uh, Actually, my first music video, um, I think it was Don Julio Freestyle. Um, I was in the kitchen with uh, one of my friends that he's like really big on SoundCloud and things in nature, 50, 60,000 people. Um, and he just had this instrumental that came on and he's like, Ant, you know, get on and try to do something. And I was like, I don't rap. <laughs> no, I just do poetry. <laughs> um, and we ended up, you know, that night, you know, we ended up making this real quick, two, three minute um, song that we was like, oh, this can do something. And he was like, let's do a music video to it. And about a month later, I did a music video and that kind of just opened me up to really just getting out there and doing music for real. So it was kind of simultaneous. I wasn't expecting any of it really. Um, It kind (laughs) of took off that way. And that's kind of the best I think when you get into artistry in a way that's free flowing and not in a way where you're like, okay, I'm trying to make money off of this. I'm trying to be famous. I'm trying to be someone. It's like, I really like this and it's kind of flowing with my poetry jam. So I'm going to keep doing it and see how it goes. And people are like, whoa, we can see you're having fun while you're doing this. So we like this too. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. We're going to come back to the music because you spoke about music being very similar to poetry. And I really want to touch on that, but let's shift gears a little bit back to the pandemic. I know a lot of people don't like talking about it. It's been overexhausted, but I do think that there's an important component to this, which is mental health. 
a lot of people experienced a lot of different mental health challenges during this pandemic. And so I remember I was on Facebook and you had shared a reflection post about having checked yourself into a psychiatric hospital. Um, are you comfortable sharing some of the specific details of that post with us? Sure. Um, it was it was a couple of years before the pandemic that that happened. Um, mm -hmm. I was going through a lot at that time frame. You know, I was going through my divorce. Um, I was away from my kids. Um, mm. Money-wise, I was supporting back at home, and mm. I was supporting myself in Hawaii, mm. which isn't cheap. No. Um, I was getting ready to deploy to Africa at the time. Um, the people at the time that I was real close with in Hawaii. It was a few, you know, my circle was usually pretty small, people that I really um, clicked with. Uh, they had left, you know, like military life, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you know, people mm -hmm. leave, uh, so they left. So I was kind of just by myself at that time, really. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just a really hard time. You know, I already deal with uh, anxiety a little bit. So mm -hmm. it was just a lot at one time uh, mm -hmm. that really just, uh, hit me and I really didn't feel like I had nobody to talk to at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I just got overwhelmed, you know, just not being able to talk to anybody. And I think when we did our podcast, I think I talked about that, like the black man being able to you know, express himself, express. You know, mm -hmm. um, open himself up. And I wasn't really doing that at the time. So um, mm -hmm. first time I had ever went through something like that, I don't like to feel like I'm one of those people that do that, but it's one of those things you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, you never, uh, you never really know. Mm, and that's mm. kind of how it was. Like, you know, you look at me and you see me do things you wouldn't expect that, you know, that would have been me. Mm. But it was and just identifying those signs and realizing I had more to live for, especially with my children. You know, I just decided mm. to go get uh, checked in and get some help, with some treatment at that time. Mm. Mm -hmm. And kudos to you for recognizing that, you know, I think for anyone, I just recently got back into therapy and it takes a lot to just recognize that first step to say, Hey, I don't have the right coping strategies. I don't have the right um, behavior patterns that are helping me support a healthy mental, spiritual, emotional lifestyle. And I need a, I need a little bit of help. And I think sometimes when we're coming into that step, there may be a little bit of shame, you know, even Absolutely. if it's telling people around you like, hey, I've got to go to a therapy session or, hey, I've once been in this situation where I felt like I didn't have enough help and I needed more help than I had. And so kudos to you for not only recognizing that, but taking the necessary steps to get the help that you need so that you could be the best version of yourself, not just for yourself, but for your kids as well. Yeah, thank you. you know? And then taking that a step further and becoming an advocate for mental health for men in the black community, because that in itself is a whole different world. It's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> it took a long time, you know, it took a long time to kind of um, open up about that. I think when I posted it on Facebook, I think I even said mm -hmm. like, uh, by the time I had posted it on Facebook, there was only, I think, two people that really knew that whole situation. Mm -hmm. um, that I was able to really open mm -hmm. to about that situation specifically. So mm -hmm. definitely hard, definitely hard time, but um, mm -hmm. it happens, you know, like in, uh, at that time, I just felt like if I could share it and I can help one person say, hey, mm -hmm. maybe I do need to go get help or maybe I should go get help or 
Mm. You're not the only person going through it or have went through it. You know, thought I was doing mm. something by being able to share that. So mm. that's the motivator in you. That's the mentors motivator, right. um, life coach in you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate it, especially now. You know, you didn't go there because of COVID, but being able to speak about it now while a pandemic was going on is really powerful. Yeah. It really encourages people to stop and say, hey, maybe could I, to your point, do the same thing and get myself the necessary help? There's no shame in that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know COVID did a, a number on a lot of people's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was an important time frame just to go ahead and get that out, especially although seemingly, you know, we were getting better from the pandemic. You know, a lot of people, you know, were still mm-hmm. kind of in it, you know, and uh, were affected mm-hmm. by it for a lot of different ways, whether directly um, or indirectly, you know, family members mm-hmm. passing and all kind of stuff. From, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of mental health for a lot of different reasons um, mm-hmm. we're going mm-hmm. through. So. Yeah. It's really good to get back into the podcasting world with this kind of content with you. I'm glad that we're doing this now. Um, I often felt like it needed to be sooner, but I feel like now is the right time for it. Absolutely. I appreciate, I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be on this journey, this restart of your journey. So, Yes. <laughs> okay. So... Since we last spoke, you had published, like, Am I Really? That's what we were talking about in A Letter to the Black Man. But then you released Care Package. I did. Okay. Tell me more about Care Package. Care Package was actually my first poetry book. So, uh, so Am I Really? It was a self-help book. Obviously, it was my 10 Keys to Motivation. Um, Am I Really? was my first try at poetry book. Um, for out. Mm. So the topics were love, lust, misguidance, and trust. So um, kind of just like a range of emotions that you kind of go through in a relationship, if you will. Mm. Um, and I, the, the challenging thing about Care Package, not only was my first poetry book, so it was a compilation of short poems, which I'm used to writing, you know, three, four, mm. five, six minute poems, you know, um, <laughs> You know, trying to compile that into a list of a bunch of short ones, mm-hmm, challenging mm-hmm. itself. Um, but also because of the topics, I was trying to speak from a man and a woman's point of view uh, when I was doing it. So when you read it, oh. there are some there are some poems that you can tell come from come from a woman. Like this is not a man talking, you know. Um, so that was that was a little bit hard as well, um, trying to get into that. That bag you mm-hmm, about that, um, and there mm-hmm. was a couple. There was a couple of trigger poems in there that, based off like people that I know that are women who have been through certain things, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to write about a little bit. Um, and there were some fun ones, you know. There were some deeper ones, um, just a full range. But I was also able to introduce a new poet in my book as well too. So on the end of the book, on the last. 12 or 13 pages of the book. Um, I let another guy who has never done a slam, never published any poetry, who was interested in, I introduced him, so I had this picture in there, his Instagram tag, um, and like 12 or 13 of his poems there too, just to get him out there too. And hopefully people saw his poetry and like it and gives him opportunity to get out there as well too, so. Wow. Um, (laughs) Now, full disclosure, I don't know if I have a copy, I can't remember. I haven't read it, but right. the fact that you 
not only published a book for yourself, but found a way to bring in someone who you maybe thought would not do that on their own, but would love the opportunity to have an experience like that is you're still doing the work. You're still doing the groundwork of believing in people, advocating for people and making sure that you not only shine the spotlight on yourself, but that you share the stage with so many other brilliant people in your life. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Um, You know, it takes a lot to, for book wise, right? Poetry generally, right? Getting up on stage, writing it down. It takes a lot to kind of get out and deliver that, you know, Um, Mm. know, because at the end of the day, however you write, whether it's fun, serious, emotional, uh, it comes from somewhere, right? And um, Mm. to be able to deliver that to other people is, it's not always the easiest, you know, sometimes it's controversial, Mm. sometimes it's uncomfortable. Um, Mm. You know that, you know, better than most, you know, so um, Mm. I I felt like he was one of those people that he loves to write, but would Mm. never have done anything. He said that as much, said that a lot too that he probably would have never mm-hmm. did anything he may still never you know put a book out or get up mm-hmm. there or anything um but he had the opportunity to have some of his work out there which was big to him you know like you know a mm-hmm. lot of his family bought the book just to you know see his 12 mm-hmm. or 13 you know um mm-hmm. poems in there and I thought that was awesome because you know I told you before I don't do it for the money you know obviously the money does help you know right um, it does shout out to poets who need to get paid for their work. Absolutely. Right. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, I, I, I do it because I love to do it. Um, I mm. do it because I'm passionate about it. It's, uh, mm. it's fun to me and I have the confidence to, to put it out there. So uh, mm. just for him to have, you know, a daughter who, you know, can go back and see that her dad got some mm. of his, he has his work published somewhere and, mm. you know, other poets who may look at the book and say, oh, this guy's, you know, 12, 13 poems are, awesome as well. I thought it was a good opportunity for him to get out there and get some exposure. So um, mm. he enjoyed it. I think, I think on his social media, I think he still has it in his little, uh, Bio. little uh, right. Like, go get the book, <laughs> you know, right now. So uh, it, I, thought it was, um, I thought it was great. You didn't tell us his name. Uh, his name is a uh, Gemini lay on Instagram. Um, his, his, uh, his actual name is Lamont. He was okay. out in Hawaii for a little while. He's since left, but. Okay. Okay. Really good. Now I need to go buy a care package because I'm not only supporting one artist, I'm supporting two artists and the other one may or may never show up on a stage somewhere. So it's right. really important. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So earlier on, we spoke about the connection between poetry and music. How different or similar is your music production style versus your poetry creation style? Totally different. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, poetry, poetry, I can kind of just, I think everything is poetry, right? So I can walk around mm. and just start jotting things down and mm. uh, maybe a month from now, I might use something that I wrote down or um, if I'm like mm. in a certain feeling, I can kind of sit down and kind of just gear whatever my mind frame at that time frame is to poetry. Um, mm. And a lot of times when I'm in a poetry writing mood, um, I kind of have to lock myself in a space, right? So I have to kind of like get in a quiet space, kind of something that mm. has a certain ambiance that I'm just in a 
it kind of just gets my creative juices flowing more to yeah. a specific thing that I want to write about, right? So uh, mm-hmm. with music, you know, it's kind of more free flowing to me. You know, it's uh, I don't really have to be. I can do it amongst people. I can do it when I'm just sitting in my living room watching mm-hmm. TV. Um, mm-hmm. If I hear a good instrumental, a good beat, you know, um, generally I'm just drawn to like, oh, I love this this sound. I want to write something to it, um, mm-hmm. and I'll just start jotting things down or spitting things out. And if I like it, I like it. I go with it, and I find mm-hmm. uh, the topic I want to write about. Just go, um, mm-hmm. and it's fun. You know, poetry is fun to to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like I think it depends on what your mindset is at the time. Because like I said, poetry is a little bit more, to me, it's a little bit more intimate. So um, mm-hmm. I can be furious mm-hmm. and write a great poem. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it was fun to write that poem <laughs> because mm-hmm. my mindset I was in, you know, um, mm-hmm. I can be sad and write a great poem. It doesn't mean it was fun. I was very emotional during that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to get it out on paper, you know, music, almost all the time it's just fun to do like it's um mm-hmm. so it gets me in a different different mood but what it also does is because i still write a lot you know i don't mm-hmm. um i'm still trying to perfect my latest book that i'm trying to put out that i've been trying to put out for the better part of the last year but i'm trying to mm-hmm. perfect it um, it gets me out of writer's block with poetry as well too and i'm able to write music mm-hmm. because it just lets my juices flow a little bit more um just putting stuff together and then next thing you know, I'm able to break out of whatever funk I was in with poetry and start writing again. So totally different process. Um, mm. But so, I enjoy it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wh- when you're saying that, it makes me think that poetry is more like a personal journal then. You know, I always criticize my poet my poetic style because I was like, you share too much in your poems. Like you're not writing for the stage because there's writing for the stage and there's writing for yourself and there's writing right. just for the sake of writing. And so poetry more feels like a personal journal session. When you said ambiance, I'm thinking of like your Instagram stories where you light up some candles in the bathroom and you've got your right. tray and your book and your wine and you're like, okay, right. I'm about to get real good. Now you may not be in a feel good process when you write a really, really good poem, but it's a, I think it's a process of just releasing. Whereas music right. is, I can imagine you making beats, you're messing around with this texture of your voice and that texture of your right. voice and creating this like concert in a sense for yourself. So Absolutely. very, very yeah. different experiences for sure. Yeah. Poetry is definitely more so like a personal journal. Like, I mean, you said it perfectly. Like there are some poems that are for the stage or some poems that are just for you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think most of us who are poets, you know, we probably have hundreds of poems that we've that we've written that will never mm-hmm. get, you know, mm-hmm. you'll never see a stage, you know. Um, <laughs> but we also have those ones that even if they are deep and controversial, whatever, that we just feel the need to put that out there for the stage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of times it really just is to ourselves. Like a lot of times it's just to, an outlet mm-hmm. just for us to get some. Now, some people like to go scream. Some people like to go, you know, lift heavy weights. You know, some people just like to write, <laughs> you know, like, um, so. Yeah, we fight wars with our pens. We're like, okay, Absol- this absolutely. is how I feel about this. I'm going to put some emotions and write this out. 
Absolutely. And everybody's a part, you know, it's, it's funny because I tell people when they ask me about, mm. you know, I could never do that or you know, how do you, mm. you know, do whatever. And I say, honestly, everybody's a poet. You know, I mm. think that, um, you know, there's a way that when you really get into poetry, obviously you have to, you know, put things together certain ways, right, um, mm. to make it make sense or to properly deliver mm. it if you want to deliver it. Mm. But if you're just writing to yourself, especially you know, everybody's a poet, you know, like everybody mm. has a story, you know, everybody has a journey mm. that they go on and just writing it down is poetry. You know, I think people get it confused, like everything has to rhyme, everything has to do mm. this and that. And I was like, that's not mm. really, I mean, that's a type of poetry. It is, but that's not mm. poetry as a whole. If you go back and look at any of the, you know, big poetry names from the past, you know, you can read a lot of their stuff and some of their stuff mm. doesn't rhyme at all. And that's why I tell people like, and it's not all about rhyming right. and things of that mm-hmm. nature, you know, it's a, it's a story at the end of the day, you know, and generally their mm-hmm. own personal stories um, to mm-hmm. get it out to people to relate to and things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. I think the barrier for most people is how they learn poetry in school. They're introduced to the contemporary poets like your Shakespeare's mm-hmm. and they right. try and think of that as poetry. Like if I'm not writing like this, then I'm not a poet at all. But that's not mm-hmm. the case. You could not rhyme. You could write about, I don't know, toasted cheese sandwiches and still have a good Absolutely. poem out of that. And people be super amazed with that. So not confining yourself to those barriers and just opening yourself up to personally journaling your experiences and your emotions. And sometimes I'm telling a story. Like sometimes I listen to some of my po- poems and I'm like, whoa, this is not poetry structure it's kind of a story but the way I'm using my voice and pausing at certain places makes it feel and sound like okay I could do this on a stage as a poem for sure right absolutely yeah I agree okay now you've had a few amazing and exciting music videos what would you say has been the most satisfying aspect of your music journey Probably recently, you know, I think it's awesome. Same way I feel about poetry, right? When I was able to get on stage and just, you know, just a crowd of people and, you know, just been to deliver a message. I think poetry-wise, I think one of my first poems, I did a Hawaiian Brian's, um, a lady, lady came up to me and um, she cried, you know. Um, it was like, a, it said it was, it, was, it was about a single mother, you know, and, um, she was like, you know, that really like tugged, tugged in my heartstrings. And when I, it was the first one I ever did at Hawaiian Brian's and it made mm. me feel like really good. Music wise, because I've been able to, it's so much easier to kind of get your music out rather than poetry and things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> I've been able to get like my stuff like everywhere. So I think I just posted the other day, like I had my first, uh, one of my first, well, my first song to hit 30,000 streams Whoa. you know um, and when i'm looking at like uh because i can look at like where streams are being played from and when i see places you know italy and you know russia and things of that nature i'm just like Whoa. wow that, 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 it's, it's crazy to me that people all mm. over um listen to my music you know when i get people mm. contact me and say hey i have um, these instrumentals um try to, uh, if you like something, you can have the beat, you know, right to it, you know. Wow. Um, it's uh, it's crazy to me. So really just the, just being mm. able to see people's like satisfaction with the stuff, you know, people tag me sometimes and mm. they'll be in their car listening to my song, you know, tag me in the, uh, you know, 
while they're driving and whatnot with, with my song in the background, I, I think it's crazy. It's like really, like really surreal, you know? So yeah. I think right now I've been doing po I mean, music now. I think the first song I released um, that was my song was in November or December of last year. Um, okay. And, you know, here we are in September, about to be October, so less than a year. And I've all, over all my music, I've already had more than 100,000 streams. You know, um, that's cool, right? So it's uh, it's it's just oh. crazy that people really have taken to it like that. Mm. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who's listened and who has shared my stuff and um, put it out there to their people to to get to. Uh, real quick, crazy story. So I saw my mom um, a few days ago. Mm -hmm. I was out in Florida, and she was telling me that uh, while she was uh, out outside her house. One of her neighbors in the neighborhood came up yeah. and was like, "Hey, your your son is Anthony," and she was like, "Yeah." And then she like <laughs> he he goes by simply Ant on the music, and she was like, "Yeah." And he was like, you know, um, white guy, right? Not that it really yeah. matters, but he was like, you know, I listen to rap sometimes, and I like some of his songs, you know. And she was like, "Oh, really?" Like, and he's like, "Yeah, I got this song called Leveled Up." And he's like, "Do you know what this song is?" And she's like, "You know, I don't, can't think it off the top of my head." He's like, "Come here, you know, listen, you know." And he played it, and she just thought that was so awesome. I thought it was so funny, like just you know, just random, you know, guy in her neighborhood. <laughs> um, Even your neighbors, your mom's neighbors, know who you are. Like, right, you know, I was like, I, I thought it was so, I thought it was so funny. Uh, so yeah, crazy. Right. Recently, yeah. I got voted before COVID. Um, I got voted to voted to go do a show out in North Carolina, yes. uh, and COVID uh, stopped it. You know, mm. um, I, I think I was gonna pull out of it anyway because I'm getting ready to deploy again. So I didn't want to put my team at a risk to you know for COVID and whatnot. But uh, they ended up rescheduling mm. the show because of COVID. But once again, I thought it was awesome that for this showcase, I got voted in from people all around the world to go compete. In this showcase out in North Carolina, with a chance to win a record deal and like Whoa. like fifty thousand dollars and all this stuff, it, it, it was nuts. Like Anthony, it's been a while. Doing some amazing work. It's been. It's I been think you, you're supposed to be doing music. <laughs> Maybe I mean, like I said, it's easier. I think I think music is it's easier to get out there like that. You know, poetry mm. is one of those things that you know. I think the poetry community in itself is still very small. I mean, there's a lot of positive, but it's a very small community, mm -hmm. a very intimate community. And unless you're really just into poetry, you know, you're not getting out there and really like seeing mm -hmm. like the music scene is a lot bigger. So uh, everybody loves music in, this, in, a, in a certain type mm -hmm. of way, right? So mm -hmm. uh, when you're able to start getting songs out, it's just easy to push that, you know, like I can push mm -hmm. a song, I can get it on Apple Music and Spotify and you know, title and all that. You can't really do that with poetry, you know, for mm. sure. So mm. um, I think it's kind of at this point, you know, it's it's just easier for me to get a message or whatever I want to get out to the world through music rather than mm. poetry. But obviously I still have an affinity for poetry a lot. I mean, mm. it's still my thing. You know, I still love to go perform poetry live when I can. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still working on my, let's say my third book, my second poetry book. Um, mm. Men cry, so hopefully uh, I'll have that out. Love that title. The the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, "Men cry." I yeah, love that it's, title. Uh, 
it's a uh, it's a journey into the to the mind of a man's emotions, you know, mm. in the moments, emotions, because a lot mm. of people just feel like we don't have them or we you know don't express them well, which some people don't, you know. So it's just a mm. compilation of poems about being in their emotions, about how we mm. deal with certain things. So I've been working on this one for close to a year now. Uh, so yeah, mm, it's gonna be a been cooking it. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be real good. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I've seen that meme on social media where they have like the mind of a woman and it's like a long, like maybe thousand page manual and they're like men. So I feel like the man manual is like that long for me. Right. Like, can't figure them out. <laughs> can't figure them out. So I'm glad you are giving us insight into bits and pieces. It may be your experience and your friend's experience, but maybe we'll be able to take from that and use yeah, it for the men in our know, lives too. You could take something to be like, you know, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of saw that. Let me, <laughs> let me deal with this this way. So for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you spoke a little bit about the opportunity to enter a competition for a record deal, but outside of that, have you been, have you ever performed your music? Actually, the first time I performed my music was probably about a month and a half ago. Um, I got invited okay. to a showcase out here in St. Louis, actually. Um, okay. And I uh, got to perform uh, three songs out there. Um, and it was pretty, uh, it was fun. Like, you know, I had, I, obviously at that time I had never performed music in, actually, I think performing music is a lot more stressful than performing poetry. I was just about to say, like the lyrics and like, it's, um, <laughs> if you miss it, you can't go back. Right. It's like, you know, there's, there's no rewind. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's, it's no snapping fingers to like, you know, you know, bring you back. And Help you out. It, it's none of that. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just like, you got to go, you pick up the beat and you just got to go. And if you stumble, you know, you have to have the confidence to keep on, you know, going. So yeah. it was really uh, nerve wracking, you know, really, uh, <laughs> And I ain't think it was going to be that way, you know, because I feel like I love being on stage doing poetry. Like, I, mm -hmm. I love it. Like, I don't get, I think I'm always nervous right before I get on stage. But once I'm on the stage, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm good, you know. And I thought mm -hmm. I was going to, I felt I was going to be the same way with music. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, once you get on there, and you got the mic in your hand and then your beat starts playing. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And I feel like, you know, a poem, people don't know exactly what you're going to say. Like, right. even if it's the same poem, they may not remember it word for word. But right. music, people are going to call you out for that. Right. People know songs. Right. And it's like, it's like yeah. So, and that was, it was funny because, once again, you know, my stuff has been getting out there, right? So, people, they know my songs, right? Some of my songs. So mm -hmm. I, if I, I think I, it was on one of my songs, I said, I did stumble. But it's funny, people know my lyrics. So, they're going. And I stumbled. And it's like, hey, you can't know my song better than I know my song. You can just, here's a tip for next time, okay? Just take the mic. If you get, like, kind of stuck, take the mic and say, now you guys sing it. And then they, like, just help you out. and the mic like, out there. Give you the <laughs> Put the mic out there. I, I'm going to have to do something, you know. So, uh, but it was good just to get out there and do it. You know, I think that um, mm -hmm. I needed to get my feet wet that way, you know, just to, mm. you know, build the confidence to get out there and um, keep doing it, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, because... You know, I kind of treat music like I treat my poetry now, too. So I do want to get on stage and do it as well, too, because people have fun with that stuff, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. always awesome for somebody to see a fan or just somebody who has never heard your stuff. Yeah. To see you, to see it live, you know, is, is different, you know, than mm-hmm. the, um, hear it, mm-hmm. you know, through your headphones, your car, whatnot. So, Mm-mm-mm. I'm thinking about how sometimes the people in our lives end up in our poems. Is that the same for your music lyrics? Because there was a song, I think I listened to like something kind of like in the lines of like sexy and whatever. And I was like, ooh, is he, I don't know. Is that how it works too? Yeah, there's some. Um, okay. I, have a, I have a few songs out there uh, that are, like I said, I have some fun ones out there. I have some yeah. you know, pretty explicit ones. Um, I have some deep ones. I think uh, one of the ones I can think of right now, I wrote to my kids. Um, it's mm. called a YAM. And it's, uh, it was really like a, uh, it's their initials. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's their initials. That's the title of the soundtrack. But it was pretty much a story to them um, about what happened, you know, with me and their mm. mom and like why everything kind of went down, how it went down. And, um, mm that whole situation, you know, um, that was a really mm. emotional song, right? And actually it was on my album that I released uh, back in July. It was like the last, last song in the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I have songs. I think the last music video I did was make it count. And, um, mm-hmm. kind of, it's like a story about, you know, kind of where I'm trying to get to and, you know, people who have helped me along the way. You know, I, I name dropped a couple people. Mm-hmm. Actually, the two guys that was in the video, both of them are name dropped in my song um, too. So, um, you know, kind of tells yeah. like, you know, different different avenues and how, you know, things have transpired and how it's not just mm-hmm. music. You know, I do a lot of other things. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really all about the people in my circle, you know, being able to mm-hmm. succeed too. So, you know, if I, me doing music helps me make it somehow then you know obviously people who have helped me for real is gonna come right along with me so we're all, we're all hmm. going so still about the community still about bringing everyone with you to Absolutely. the table Absolutely. really good anthony really good um so just a short while ago you mentioned something about getting deployed and then not being able to go for the record deal um let's switch gears a bit and talk about something you may not be able to talk to um, due to the nature of your job. Um, but do you have anything to say about the recent loss of lives in Afghanistan? You know, I think uh, I think anytime uh, anybody loses their life um, due to war, especially, um, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's tragic. You know? um, mm-hmm. War is just a part of what our history is. I think when innocent civilians lose their lives, you know, I think that's um, very rough. I think mm-hmm. my fellow service members who, you know, lost their lives and in the way they did, um, personally, mm-hmm. I think it was preventable, my own personal mm-hmm. opinion. Um, however, I also do understand that and I agree, and I do agree to an extent that, you know, we were over there for 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I tell people all the time, you know, there has to come a point in time that, you know, we look out for us, you know, in the U.S. as well, too. And I mm-hmm. think that that was tragic and we're still not figuring out how to look out for us, you know, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, it's costing us a lot of money. It's costing us a lot of lives. It's costing a lot of people, a lot of mental issues, a lot of tragedy. Um, and how long are we going to stay out there? You know, so I don't necessarily agree with how rushed we did it. I think a lot of it was preventable. I think that all those lives that we did lose were absolutely preventable. Um, being in the military as, you know, um, unapologetic or as shallow as it sounds, um, it's one of those things, it's kind of just like the nature of the beast, right? So there's always that inherent risk that when we're deployed, you know, we're overseas, that it can happen, you know? And, you know, we always pray that it doesn't. You know, we we hope we, we hope it doesn't. We're, we're trained, we're trained for this. Um, and when it does, I think it hits all of us, you know, that are in the service uh, rough because it's always at risk. Like, you know, I'm getting ready to go on my seventh deployment now, you know, so, um, yeah. you know, I remember my mom had said something uh, a couple of deployments ago and she, it's just always nerve wracking for her because she was just like, you know, every time you go, it's just like another chance, you know, it's almost like you gambling, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know gambling with God you know like gambling with God like you know how many times can you go deploy before something happens you know so um, it's nerve-wracking like like I said it's uh it was tragic you know I, I you know I feel for all those families and their loved ones because um, I do think it was preventable um, but I do to an extent understand the sense of urgency to get us out of there as well too so it, it, it's tough. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. There, there. I think in that situation, there was almost no right answer, um, and mm. obviously, it's amplified when we lose lives. When we lose lives of, of uh, Marines, sailors, airmen, mm. and soldiers, you know, it's a. Uh, it's always rough. It's always rough. Mm. Mm. Thank you for the work that you do. Um, the argument a very silly argument on social media will go well if you choose the job then you choose the risk um i think there's very little decision making from your side in terms of getting deployed or not getting deployed and that's maybe where not choosing the risk is you not choosing the risk as a component um whenever I'm from South Africa, so I'm not very familiar with the military and living in Hawaii and being so close to military families and communities, I'm learning at a rapid rate, but I'm still not very familiar with how, with how some of the things work. And the common thing I think I hear is the misconception that it's all about benefits because when there is loss of life and continued gambling of life then perhaps the benefits aren't isn't where the focus should be and perhaps more respect and honor should be given to those um people who are committed um to being involved in a cause that they may or may not believe in right and that's a big one. I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that last statement. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I can I can understand you know people's 
opinion that you know you choose the job you choose the risk because really at the, at the end of the day you know when you sign the dotted line in the military you really sign to say that you're going to serve and protect right so you know whether you mm-hmm. whether you fix computers or you fix plumbing or you fix airplanes mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day our job is to serve and protect so you know you sign up for that risk but um you know, at the end of the day, there, there is, I feel like there is honor in what we do. Um, and, mm. you know, knowing the risk, you know, we still choose to stand up and, mm. you know, serve this country and, you know, all the freedoms that it presents, whether, you know, people like it, don't like it, agree with it or not. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who really don't believe in the causes and still do it. I mean, you know, I think most people mm. who practice religion, any religion almost you know um Mm -hmm. don't necessarily agree with going out there and having to kill somebody if you have to you know um Mm -hmm. and you know if you're one of those career fields where you have to be on the front lines and you know do the dirty work if you will um i would go on a limb and say that most people fundamentally don't agree with that (laughs) you know um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have to believe it's hard to take another man's life if that's what you're called to do you know so um and even like the whole benefits thing i think that i think people get it i think a lot of people who are not in the military or who have no familiarity with the military get a lot of that confused too like um Mm. people think that we just we have this unlimited pot of just money and we just get paid crazy (laughs) and you know um and that's is really not the case you know it's it's really you not don't the have case. an unlimited pot of money right. is that what you're telling me yeah, i know right you know it's, it's really not the case you know um a lot of people a lot of people in the military still you know struggle and you know live paycheck to paycheck and um you know it's it's still hard and i mean mm-hmm. benefits we do get we do get good benefits you know i'm not going to sugarcoat mm-hmm. that you know we get good medical benefits and things of that nature mm-hmm. but you know once again it also comes with a lot of risk and you know sacrifice involved with all that as well too you know and mm-hmm. on top of that you don't even keep all that stuff unless you do a full 20 years in the military you know to where you can gain mm-hmm. retirement you know if you do six years you get out the military thank you for your service you know here's a uh, mm-hmm. education benefits and whatnot but now you're back mm-hmm. into the you know regular world and where you got to pay these astronomical you know medical prices and you know things of that nature mm-hmm. so it, it's just a matter of how you look at it at the end of the day you know it's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not our job to you know have an opinion on what other people think about you know what we do you know mm-hmm. what you do is what you do you know what I do is what I do and you know at the end of the mm-hmm. day I'm gonna continue to do it and I know that what we do does make a difference you know everybody doesn't agree with it mm-hmm. we don't always agree with it but you know we're like you said earlier, you know, it's very little decision making in, you know, what my job tells me to do. So getting ready to deploy mm-hmm. again, you know, next month, I didn't want to go, <laughs> but I'm also, mm-hmm. I also can't just say, no, I'm not going to go. So, yeah. yeah. So to that point, once again, thank you for your service. Thank you for speaking openly and honestly about your experience in the service because I know that sometimes there is fear for repercussions but I do think that it's conversations that should not be avoided I think it's conversations that we should have because there are parents like your mother 
who have some sort of anxiety when that deployment time comes up. And so I appreciate your openness. I appreciate your um, perspective on the inside on how things work and how you're doing what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, it is a job and you've got kids that need your income. You know, you've got people that are relying on you for their well-being. So I have a different job. You have a different job. We do what we do to put bread on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. So maybe this one might be like a fun end to our conversation. We are coming up on the hour, but I want to know. I've got to go back and change the last episode for your Instagram handle because somebody keeps hacking your accounts, yo. Like, what (laughs) is the deal? What's happening? Who's trying to be you? So it's funny, you know, this is the first time my account got hacked. What happens normally is um, I get a lot of fake profiles made of me. So uh, mm-hmm. if you ever watch that show Catfish, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fake me's running around social media and I have been catfishing a lot of people. You know, it's crazy. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I, that's a lot. Like I have had hundreds fake pages made of me um i've had i've had a good probably a hundred some odd women contact me because you know i started um on my last page you know before it got hacked i started watermarking all my pictures because of my my yes. i was getting hacked so uh my pictures were getting stolen so much um but like some of the people would still use those and what would happen is women would see that and they would find my page and i i literally i uh, recently had a woman who um, she was in a relationship with this guy for seven, eight months. And um, they was sending pictures back and forth and whatnot. And he messed up and sent one picture with my watermark because he had a bunch of pictures, I guess, that didn't have watermarks. And one picture with it. And I guess she was already suspicious. So she Googled because my page was hacked at this time, which was crazy. Right? My page was hacked at this time. She ended yeah. up Googling the um the mark and my um my music video i had did with christian had popped up on a facebook link and it directed her to my facebook page and um she contacted me (laughs) okay so she's like we're dating i just want to let you know we're dating um and i've had (laughs) but but i've had people tell me that they're going to report me because i'm the fake you know i've had um I've had people send me pictures of another man's genitals to be like, you know, this isn't you. <laughs> you know, I've had, uh, uh, you know, I've had people send me like receipts for like money they want me to send them back. You know, like uh, what? that they they they've sent. You know, I've had, uh, yeah, just a lot of people like got duped and you know they built relationships and you know there's a little bit of self accountability in that too because. You know, I tell people all the time, like in today's day and age with technology and whatnot, you know, if you're foolish enough to, you know, sit in a relationship with somebody for a year that you've never seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of crazy, you know. But, you know, I am sensitive to the fact that, you know, these, these still are my pictures being used and, you know, however you mm-hmm. spend it, you know, some of these women have been, you know, thinking they're in love with a guy that they've never seen or met and, uh, sending these people money and paying mm-hmm. people's rents. And um, I actually had one guy, funny enough, uh, 
last year sometime during the pandemic, uh, like the, the big mm-hmm. portion of the pandemic, probably in the summer, uh, I was on Instagram live. I was in the live, whatever. I don't know what I was doing on live, but um, had a bunch of people on my live session. And mm-hmm. uh, I usually let people call in. We could just talk about whatever, you know, friends I know, just other people. And um, mm-hmm. this random page called me and it happened to be one of my catfish pages. And <laughs> It was him. So, you know, I answered, I answered the thing and he was on live for everybody to see. And, you know, I didn't want to like be really upset. I wanted to understand like what was going on. So he had yeah. told me, he said like, he said, man, your pictures changed my life. You know, um, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. He got, he, he got like $17,000 from like women and all this other stuff or whatever. And then, you know, I was asking him about like, you know, how many pages does he know is out there, whatever. And he said just from like what he know, um, he said there was probably at least like a hundred pages that, you know, that he know about, you know, that was like fake. Oh. Like um I don't know if it was like people he know, if it was like a ring of people that was doing this. And you know, recently I got this page added me on Instagram and it's exposing a lot of fake accounts and like legit like 50 of them on this page is fakes of me like uh yeah, it's what crazy. is the obsession with you I have like no idea. Who, do you, you think it's a group of people or just like one person that's so no, weird I, I definitely know it's not one person um because i've had okay. uh i've had somebody accidentally call me as a fake page like on instagram i picked up and it was like a white guy and like he hung up real quick you know i've had like these guys from like Nigeria and stuff like that, fake my accounts. Um, you know, so I really don't know. Um, I don't know what the exception is. You know, I think it's, I think, I think at this point, it's probably good now that um, most of my stuff is watermarked. And really, you can go to my page and you can see, you know, I am, you can read my comments, you can click on my little link tree and see all my stuff. Mm. And, um, mm. But funny enough, I've had a lot of these people who like have got fake. They'll go like buy my books and you know go do all this other stuff afterwards. You know, I guess trying to keep a connection or whatnot. But uh, it's awkward. It's, it's it's still awkward a little bit, you know. So they really want to be you. They want to uh, talk like you do in your books and your poetry. Yeah, but it, it's just crazy because it's, it's it was like it's legit hundreds of pages that have uh, have faked have faked me, you know. So I've reported uh, I don't know how many and. Instagram just keeps on saying that uh, because of their staffing and whatnot, they're not taking these pages down. You know, if I mm-hmm. feel they go against guidelines and report a specific picture, like it's weird. So mm-hmm. I just block this point. I, I report them if they don't do nothing. I just block the accounts. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna send my audience your way again. Your Instagram account has changed. Has what changed. is your handle? Now, my Instagram handle now is cognac, C-O-G-N-A-C, underscore, period, poppy. (laughs) All right, guys, go get him back his followers. Go support (laughs) him. And like, he is generally a community man. So Anthony is not just going to be on, on stage by himself. He's going to pull you in and pull his community in. So... Go and follow that Instagram handle. I will put it as per usual in the episode notes. I will tag him on all of the pictures that I put on. And one last thing, 
anything to share from the bottom of your heart? Oh man, always. You know, I want to give a shout out to uh, my kids for sure. Um, uh, me getting ready to deploy soon. I'm gonna go see them next weekend. The last one to see them until next year sometime. Uh, my mom for sure. You know, got to see her this past week. That was great. Um, my dad, my stepmom as well. My brother's in Russia right now, so I pray for his safe travels uh, back home when he comes back home. Um, and really, just everybody that's doing something for the community, for themselves, for their own mental health. Uh, keep doing that. Keep doing that. You know, it's, it's important in this day and age. And, you know, a lot of people need it even when they don't know they need it. So keep doing that. Mm -hmm. That is Anthony Harris. His initial episode was titled A Letter to the Black Man. This one is titled Chilling with Anthony Harris because we're kind of just catching up. It's Absolutely. been a while. It's been great. <laughs> His music is on Apple Music, I've noticed. Spotify, it sounds like. SoundCloud, too. It's everywhere. You know, any streaming platform you use, it's there. You want to YouTube it, it's there. Amazon, it's there. So uh, look me up, uh, Simply Ant. That's my, uh, that's my, I go by my stage and my music name and my poetry name. Uh, so yeah, go look that up. Uh, tell me what you like. <laughs> you know, tag me in your videos and whatnot. Um, I'll share them to my story, so. And I think if we can make it work, we're gonna sign out. He's gonna send me one of these songs and we're gonna sign out this specific episode with one of these songs. So be on the lookout for that. I'll post in the episode notes, Apple Music, because I only support Apple, I'm kidding. Apple Music notes. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, Journey with Mpo family. I am so excited to be back on the mic. I absolutely love you guys. And my sign-up is still the same. Um, Aloha. <laughs> well, before you go, I wanted to thank you for taking the first step in supporting my journey by listening to this episode. The second big step would be exploring the various ways you can become an official supporter of my journey by signing up for our Patreon offerings. We offer some great benefits such as one-to-one -one phone calls and distance Reiki sessions with me. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash journey with Mpo. The link is in the episode notes. If you loved what you heard, then subscribe to the show and continue to share episodes that resonate with friends and family. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a few minutes to rate and review us so we can continue to get our content to the people who need it the most. We are serious about getting your feedback, so if you'd like to take the rating and review a step further, check out our feedback survey link in the episode notes. Your feedback will help us to continue offering content that matters to you and is worth your time. Finally, in this day and age, it apparently matters how many followers you have on social media. So go ahead and find us on Instagram at Journey with Mpo, and we promise to make it worth your while by sharing heart-centered, conscious content. Thank you for your continued support. I cannot wait to spend time with you again in the next episode. I'm working on time. 
Glory visions while I sit and I sit. Heavy on the principle while my vices be grit. Never knowing where I goes, but I'm properly fit. Sitting back reminiscing how I started the kid. Really be jobbing this shit. All my funds be legit. Keep my wits about me, boys, so I stay off them bricks. Got my classes out the way, now my future is rich. Better off in a suit than out there selling them zips. Ain't no knocking the hustle, man. Get your bag how you wish. It's all the same dollars when we spinning this shit. Kept my ear to the streets, it's like it's all repeat. Running storied lanes, really out here scoping the feet. What it is about these days, they got these kids moving loose. Hanging on by a string like they tied to a noose. Walking slaves to the game, if I'm telling the truth. How you start to make a change when the problem is you. Get it? Never twist it. I know what I'm saying. Put the ball in your court even when you're not playing. I ain't scared to drop a name if you get what I'm saying. Too much beyond the line for these niggas that swaying. Mama's raising sons trying to keep their ass away from Satan. But these daddies causing hell. Now they feel them with hatred. Treat them like they step kids that be locked in the basement. Wishing daddy was around just to ease some frustration. It's real. I learned them lessons quick. Put them to use. My son looking up trying to see what daddy will do. Whether I'm packing the shoot or I'm just bagging the loot Seeing how I do it gives the kids some actual views So when I do it how I do, I'm just impactful with tools It's the way I gotta move to make impacts on my dude Making peace with his mom, I respect what she do We put our differences aside, now we cater our crew I'm a different type of nigga, stay in lanes of my own Got the class now in session, time to put down your phones Trying to give you blueprints for something already shown If the song cries a little, then my my mission was home. We all the same people, but the difference is you. All these duck, duck niggas, I'ma stay playing goose. Running niggas out, they sneaks, and my action is proof. Forecasting on the weather and a storm coming through. But on the real, can't deny I be flexing sometimes. I worked hard just to get it, though. Hell of a grind. Don't get it twisted. I'm just gifted with a hell of a mind. So to hit my own peaks, I gotta stretch it sometimes. For real, the focus on my future heavy on dude. When distractions coming in i fall back to my truth i pipe up just a little as my dreams coming true but the sacrifice to get it ain't for weak what's your move had a convo with my nigga about how to be great i told him do what you do man fuck what they say create your own lane tell them get out your way ain't no room for no second guessing do it your way and you see there's the difference because i'm actually different i don't mimic shit so my path is never specific to be compared to the greats is never actually missed Cause I get it how I get it and I love how I did it Wrote a couple books so you see that sharing is passion Got a clothing line now so my vision is fashion Made a name through some poems now emotions be captioned And my music tells it all got my fans up and dancing I ain't playing man really it's as sweet as it looks Took a couple lumps but I'm serving life up some hooks No convention to this path but a mastery book Piped up on the scene watch the chef steady cook Uh huh